We all want to be happier, but how do we get there? First, we start by realizing happiness is not a destination. Being happy consists of micro action steps every single day. I'm your host, Brittany King, and I'm here to guide you along the way. Welcome back to the Positively Real podcast. I'm your host and coach, Brittany King, and I'm so excited for this interview. I'm going to try not to fangirl right now um, because I, I'm honored and privileged to have this special guest on our show today. Uh, welcome to the show, Nick Pigeon. I'm so glad that you're here. Yay. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here as well. Um, when you're, when, when we connected, I, I so like we, before we hit record, I was telling Nick that I had first heard about her um, on the Powerhouse Women podcast with Lindsay Schwartz. And I just love what she was doing, especially because of positivity psychology, because I remember reading The Happiness Advantage by Sean Aker when I was introduced to positivity psychology. And that was the book that changed my life. Like when I actually learned about this, I was like, this is a thing. It completely changed the trajectory of my life. So seeing that you are a positive psychology coach and what your journey has been, I just was through the roof excited and humbled and honored to have the opportunity and privilege to interview you. So this is like such a cool moment. Fun, right? So fun. So tell tell listeners like who you are, give a little background about who you are, what you're about, and then we'll get into it. Fabulous. So my name is Nick Pigeon, and I'm originally from a place called Newcastle in the UK. I now live in Los Angeles. I've been across here for six years. My background is in positive psychology, and I am a positive psychologist. And one of the things we were chatting about before we hit record was that like you wish you had have had this science in your life many years ago when you were a lot younger. I actually luckily did find the science many years ago, and I've been working in this space for more than 13 years now. But interestingly, when I found it, it was a weird thing to be doing. So it wasn't like, oh my goodness, I found this thing and everyone thinks it's cool. It was like, I found this thing and everyone thinks you are so strange and so crazy because <laughs> you're talking about these like woo-woo things, but it's also a science. So it didn't really make a lot of sense. So I have had businesses for probably around about the same time. So my first business I set up in 2010 and I've kind of run my businesses, been a coach, helped women entrepreneurs to set up and scale their businesses, but do it in a way that allows them to experience more happiness, joy and fulfillment at the same time too. So our clients have made more than $27 million in the last few years alone. And I have a multi-million dollar business. But what feels the most special about that is everyone gets to experience those results whilst doing what they truly love and having the freedom in their life to actually show up as themselves. So it's really amazing for me now to see that positive psychology is more mainstream and is more normal. And Gwyneth Paltrow at Goop is like, Nick, can you write me another article? I'm like, yes. Yes, I can actually. <laughs> so those type of things where it's almost like the science is being powerfully acknowledged in the mainstream just feels so, so good because I know the potential of this to help so many people transform their lives. 
Oh my gosh. And I think that's exactly why I resonated so much with what, what you're doing and the work that you're doing in the world, because I help people to live a purpose-driven life. And so they feel fulfilled and energized by what they're doing and not burnt out and overwhelmed, which seems to be the norm. And I think when I discovered positivity psychology, because positivity has always been my quote unquote superpower. And I didn't realize that that was a superpower. I just like thought that's what, you know, we did was just be positive about things and like practice gratitude, like, you know, all, all of those things. Um, So when I discovered it, I was like, where, what, like, where has this been my whole entire life? Like, it was like that missing piece to understand there was a science behind it. Uh, so I think it's so amazing that you found, you tapped into it so early on. And that's usually how, you know, you're onto something when everyone thinks you're crazy. <laughs> like, right. And that's kind of how I felt back in the day, because I do, I find this, like, I can very much look for the silver lining, use positivity um, as, you know, to help change the trajectory of the path that I'm going on and help others do that too, by honoring, you know, the, the darkness as well. So, uh, to be able to connect on this level is so awesome. And I'm kind of curious right now, like if someone's listening and they're not quite familiar with like, what is positivity psychology and like, let's start there. Let's start with just like the basics of someone that is maybe hearing this term for the first time. For sure. So it's the science of happiness and essentially the science of success, because what it teaches us is what it takes to build a thriving life, thriving communities, relationships, and also businesses too. So what the science of psychology was teaching us for many years was why things went wrong in ourselves and also within the world. So it was teaching us how to unpick and unpack all of those experiences. And we realized that there wasn't the positive counterbalance for that. So the science of strength and virtue was created where rather than just looking at what goes wrong, we also look at what goes right. So we look at what are we good at? So you talk about your superpower. What are you good at and how can you lean into that even more so that you can become stronger and more successful, be energized about what you're doing in your day and find more meaning and purpose around it too. So rather than it just being positivity, because a lot of people think, oh, is it like just think positive thoughts and you'll have a great day. And it's actually not It's so much more than that. So it's a science. So it's evidence-based, it's tested. There's researchers all around the world that have been doing studies to see what specific interventions and exercises work to create breakthroughs and transformations. As well as that, we don't just look at what goes right. So we look at how we can create more of um, like a boost in our well-being or how we can feel better because of hard times, not just in spite of them. So we're looking at, okay, right, this thing's happened. And previously, we might have gone into complain and blame. This is really bad. I can't believe this. This is so unfair. I've had such a hard life. Positive psychology allows us to shift our perspective and focus on taking a growth mindset approach instead, and to get curious and look in those experiences and say, like, even though this was hard, like, what did I learn? Or how, how do I feel stronger? Or how do I feel wiser? Or how might I be able to tackle a different situation in a better way now because of that thing? So actually, we're able to become grateful for it all, 
rather than making our life's experience really good and really bad. Mm-hmm. Mm, I love that because it's both like, it's like, it's, it's unrealistic to think that we have to be happy all the time. And that, you know, I think a lot of times people think the point of life is to be happy, but if that is the point of life, that means we'd have to choose to be happy when really hard things happen. So it's being able to look at those challenging situations and be able to learn from them and grow from them. So the the first thing that kind of popped up for me when you were talking, because this come, you know, this has come up a lot is like toxic positivity. Mm-hmm. People that are like, Oh, just, just think positive. Like everything's going to be okay. Other people have it worse, you know, whatever it is. Tell me how you address toxic positivity. I think it's so important to actually acknowledge first of all, and to whether it's within yourself or whether you're a coach and you're working with a client, for example, you want to acknowledge what your feelings are or what your client's feelings are. So like, what is it that you're actually experiencing? Like, let's go there for a minute because it's real and it's happening. And the more that you push emotion away and the more that you repress things, the stronger it can get. So I used to be a person that actually felt bad about not being positive all of the time. So I created this persona on the outside that was like, yeah, I'm always happy. Just be positive. And it felt so hard because the separation that I was experiencing inside of myself was like, I'm showing up as something that I'm not. And I actually had to go through this big learning for myself so that I could understand the power in the process so that I can actually go and teach it, not just from the science, but also from my experience too. So I feel like there's a lot of honoring that gets to happen first where we're like naming our emotions and we're like claiming them and we're recognizing like, I do feel scared right now, or this does feel sad right now. And I'm going to allow that and I'm going to allow the emotion to flow and I'm going to process it and I'm going to release and I'm going to allow it to move through my body and I'm going to allow myself to shift it through my body. So some of the practices I love to do practically, as well as all of the thinking practices like journaling or doing a written intervention or thinking a certain way, I love the body. So my discipline within positive psychology was actually within physical activity and how psychology isn't just a neck up discipline. It's actually all about our physical self as well as the the mental and the psychological. So moving your body moves your mood. And when I'm feeling some things like I'll go into meditation or I will have moments where I'll allow myself to cry or I'll allow myself to feel scared or whatever it is. And then I'll be like, okay, cool. Now I'm going to shift it through my body. And I love to like stand and shake. Oh, it feels literally so good. And I do it every morning because it's like, if there's pockets of tension in your body or there's something that has happened in your life that maybe you, you, it's not big enough for you to need to like address it or like do anything about it. But maybe it's like, someone didn't hold the door open for you or you held the door open for them and they didn't say thank you. So it's just like a tiny little seed within you, a little energetic drain. I'm like, get it out of your body, shake it out. And I think that's so important that people aren't or that we aren't spiritually bypassing. And we're just like, everything's fine all of the time because it's just not real. Yes. 
I can relate to that. So like that resonates so deeply with me because I was that I was so similar to that. Like when I wasn't happy or positive, I thought that there was something completely wrong with me. And again, I put on that mask, that shell, everything's fine. And it wasn't until I started really diving into this work and honoring and acknowledging and allowing the difficult emotions where I actually knew what positive, like what I actually knew what those, those feel good emotions felt like in my body, because there was such a disconnect. So I do think it's like so important to anyone listening as we're talking about positivity, like it's not about just like rainbows and butterflies and having rose colored lenses. And I think that's like the spoiler alert. I think it's like, yeah. Yeah. You have to feel the difficult emotions too. It's so true. Oh my gosh. I love it. So, you know, we're talking about how you are a, um, a positive psychologist and you have created different programs and certifications, um, and you work with female entrepreneurs, but how do you use positive psychology just in life in general? Like how do you use this on a day-to-day, um, tactical place? Yeah, it's super interesting because I think like people look at positive psychology and they're like, what is the tool that I can use? Or like with our certification, it's like, I'm so excited to get certified and have the certificate so I can call myself a positive psychology coach. But actually, it's so much more than that. And I actually know that PosPsych is a way of life Mm. once you experience it rather than just being a collection of tools that you can pick up and put down every now and again. And I think when you recognize that, it's like you can start to literally see things a completely different way for the rest of your life. It becomes even more powerful than just thinking of it as a body of work or a science because it's embedded and it's ingrained through everything that you do. So the first thing I wake up and say in the morning is thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for this day. I'm grateful in every possible way. So at the start of my day, I'm pulling in a tool from positive psychology. I then practice my morning ritual and I have a lot of breath work. I do my Kundalini yoga. I'm moving my body. I'm touching in with my goals. And then before I get onto any calls with clients, I've got positive psychology practices that are going to allow me to show up in a peak state so that I can do my best job when I'm at dinner or having a conversation with someone on the street. Positive psychology is coming through in the way that I show up there too. And what we see in the science is, like, let's say you and I are working together and we're having a conversation about positive psychology and specifically what you can do in your life to create breakthroughs that is obviously going to impact you. And then we look at what happens at the next level of impact. You go home and you speak with your spouse or your kids. It then impacts them as well as this ripple effect. But what the research actually shows is it doesn't even stop there because you go to FedEx or you go to the dentist and there's an emotional contagion effect that happens. So you show up as your most not I, I don't want to say your most positive self because that's not even what it is but you show up living the life of positive psychology and other people are influenced because of that so with all of these ripple effects that are going out around the world we're able to literally influence and impact the whole of the world to start to see and live in this more productive and open way 
Mm, absolutely. It's like that, that ripple effect is so real. I mean, it ties into, I mean, it just kind of ties into like our interconnectedness. It's like, if you're having, if someone you interact with has a bad day and they take it out on you, that ripples into someone else's day. And then that could ultimately impact, you know, whoever else they interact with. So it really does come down to like us individually and then that turns into the collective and I deeply believe that I've always said like when we feel good we do good like no matter what that's why it always starts with us because if we're feeling good we're going to our interactions are going to be so much more powerful so for someone that really you know struggles and they think that there's something wrong with them because they're more of a glass half empty type of person Uh, and where would they start because I, I know I, I find that a lot with working with clients that they're just like, just teach me how to be more positive. And I'm like, well, it's not, it's not that simple. It's not about just like being positive. There's so much more to it and understanding ourselves. So where does someone start if they really struggle with kind of being more glass half empty? I would start by going to do the strengths profile. And you can either do the VIA character assessment, or you could do the Gallup strengths, both of them positive psychology assessments. Um, I think the VIA is free still and Gallup's like $49 or something. But either of those profiles is going to give you a report that tells you what your top five and your top 10 things are that you're strong at. And once you know what they are, you can start to live life using those strengths more and more. So you might find that one of yours is positivity on that profile. So now that you know that, you want to approach everything that you do in your life with that knowledge. So, for example, in one of the um, investments that I'm involved in, we have a team meeting where we look at all of our strengths and how they actually combine together. And one of the uh, partners has got positivity in their profile. So we're asking questions like, okay, so when we're going to go and do this thing, how can you bring the positivity to the party so that you can be doing what you're good at, but so that it influences and helps all of us as well. And it's an amazing, amazing awareness to have because there is no glass half empty when it comes to strengths. It's like everybody has strengths. We just have a different makeup and a different pattern and a different organization of them. And once you know what they are, then you can get excited about using them. And what we find when you do use them is you become stronger and more successful more quickly. You're able to build relationships more easily. You reach your goals faster and it helps you experience more positive emotions. So it's a (laughs) win-win. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite, like, I love the strength finder book. That's how I found out positivity was my strength. I was like, this is a strength. I didn't realize that this was a strength, but it is, you know, something as simple as taking one of those strength finders. It it really does help you feel understood. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you do tap into that, it really makes, it makes such a big difference and it trickles into every area of your life. So tell me a little bit about like what commonly like stops people, like what gets in the way of you know, living a fulfilled life, feeling like they have purpose? Wow, (laughs) big question. So some of the things that I commonly see that stop people, one of them is actually self-sabotage. So rather than it being external factors that are getting in our way, especially when it comes to working so closely with entrepreneurs, I see a lot of people have 
interesting patterns that come up and it could come in any form. It could come in, um, I've started doing this launch for this thing that I'm really excited about, but now I'm beating myself up for one thing or another. And actually the beating yourself up process is the self-sabotage that's standing in your way of success. So one of the first things that I invite us to do is to look at what is it that you see that commonly gets in your way? And it might actually not be what you think it is. So a lot of people might say, oh, it's because I don't have the time to do it, or it's because I don't have the money to do it, or it just doesn't feel right for me right now to go and get the goal. But then we look more practically, like what is it that's actually stopping people? And they might say, well, you know, I've got a business goal, but it's actually something over here in my personal life that's an energetic drain for me that's getting in my way. And I wasn't allowing myself to, to recognize that. Or it might be, I've got this relationship goal, but it's maybe my confidence that's getting in the way. So it's something different for all of us. But I think self-sabotage definitely comes up. I think commitment comes up because you've got to get clear on what it is that you're truly committed to if you want to reach a goal. And this might also come in a different package as well. So I always say, like, if you have a goal, like, there's no way that you can fail. There's no way that if you want to be successful, you won't be successful. Like, it can't happen. The only way is if you quit on yourself. So my invitation is always to look at what is it going to take for you to choose not to quit and choose to recommit instead. And that's going to be different for different people. And it might be, I need to recommit once a quarter when I do my quarterly planning. It might be, I need to recommit 10 times a day (laughs) because it feels so hard right now. I'm going to recommit to just feeling better and I'm going to recommit again and I'm going to recommit again. And when you've got that strength of commitment inside of your heart, then nothing can stop you. Oh, I love that you said that. It is so true. Like that, because it's like getting started is like the fun part, but staying committed to it is such a challenge. And it's so interesting that you brought up self-sabotage and how that shows up differently. And it's sneaky. I think sometimes self-sabotage, like it's not often, like we're not always aware that we're doing the behavior until, you know, we step away or we, you know, reflect back. So what, you know, if someone notices that, they are sabotaging their success, their fulfillment, right? They're like kind of in this cycle. What's the first step? I look at, okay, so um, have you read the book, The Big Leap? Um, no, that is. Oh my goodness. That is such a good book to go and read. The guy's amazing. Like I had him on the podcast and he's just the most amazing, vibrant soul. So okay. that book is definitely recommended. Um, and then practically, like I love the process of actually identifying what it is that you're scared of, because sometimes when this self-sabotage happens, it's like an upper limit problem, which is like, oh, I'm going to get myself 10 steps along the road, but then I'm going to get small again, or I'm going to say that I want something, but then I'm going to prevent myself from having it because it feels safer over here. And if I stay in my comfort zone, then whatever I'm scared of can't hurt me. So it's about getting clear on what the fear is in the first place. 
So I love to name it and I love to say, okay, I'm scared of getting visible online because I don't want to be judged by other people. And then actually what you're doing in that process is you're judging yourself before anyone's had the chance of judging you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then I look at what part of that do you have control over and what don't you have control over? So a lot of worry and a lot of stuckness can come from you trying to control or worry about things that you have no power over. So you then want to surrender and let go of those pieces and parts that you don't have the control over. Look at what you do have control over. So for example, I had a client on a call this morning on one of our mastermind calls, and she was talking about this belief that had come up for her, or it was like a trauma um, command or pattern that had happened So it's like, okay, now that you know that that's come through for you, what do you have control over? You have control over going to work with a trauma coach to do a rundown, to pull that trauma, traumatic pattern out so that you can re like move forwards with a different pattern and program. So it's like, if you are going to just continue to be in the energy of the struggle and be in the energy of um, feeling scared or self-sabotaging, then the pattern is going to continue to represent itself. But when you break it into what can't I control, what can I control? And you ask yourself the question, what's the next positive step? So in that situation, the next positive step might have been to go and work with a coach. For me, I remember one time I was feeling really anxious and I was like, this is weird. Like I'm really, really, really anxious. What is it that's going on? And I had this big fear at the start of the year, probably three or four years ago. Like, what if things don't work out? What if things fail? And I was like, actually, I can't control that. So I'm going to let go of that. What I can control is how I feel right now. So I went and did a morning ritual in the afternoon (laughs) that lasted two hours just to try and get myself feeling straight again. And it took me some time, but it actually worked. And it felt so empowering to have done something and taking a small micro step rather than getting worried about the bigger picture and what it was that was happening or not happening. Oh, I love that you brought that up because it is so easy to spiral and like attach to it. And just next thing you know, you're just in worst case scenario. Everything is just catastrophized. Um, And I love that you're like, it took a while. You had to like take two hours to sit and process that because I've noticed that through this experience of where I'm being pregnant, like I would feel super anxious and I would have to take a step back too. But like, I think it is like changing your state that really may helps like make that shift. Mm. So I love that you brought that up because it's like the acknowledgement and then doing something about it. Yeah. So, I mean, self-sabotage, I mean, it's just, it's mostly, I mean, self-sabotage is like fear. Right. Like there's like this, it's just yeah, like an unspoken fear, an unspoken fear. And so like when we self-sabotage, we end up going into the behaviors that we don't love because they don't produce results that we like, but it, there's comfort and safety in it because we've been there before. So when, you know, you know, those are the things that stop us, which makes so much sense. Like what, say, what does it take then to be truly unstoppable? Like you mentioned the commitment and having that commitment be connected to your heart. Are there other areas that help you become unstoppable? Mm. Like I definitely think positive psychology takes you through many of these pillars. And 
what we say is like the more that you get to know yourself and the more that you give yourself permission to be yourself, the easier everything becomes. So if I take like my own journey as an example, when I started in business, I remember showing up online and having this feeling that I needed to do things the way that other people did things. And I remember I first made my first million when I was before I was 30. And then I kind of got stuck at this level for a little while. And I remember like the year later, I hadn't gone to like 10 million. So I was really getting down on myself and I was beating myself up seeing some of my friends who had bigger audiences than me. And I'm like, why can't I grow as fast as that? And what am I doing wrong? And it wasn't that I was doing anything wrong. It was that I wasn't doing things the way that was right for me. So I was looking at other people and I was comparing myself to people who had $75 million businesses and trying to build my business or trying to build my lifestyle like that. And as soon as I tuned in to who I am, what I'm good at, my different personality profiles, like I'm a huge introvert, I gave myself permission to structure my life and my business in a way that really works for me. And it's so different to the way that anybody does things. And that's my wish for every single person that's listening, because we get to do it on our terms. You get to show up and be yourself. And that is what is always going to make you unstoppable. Because when you know yourself and you trust yourself, you can never put a foot wrong. So I think that the work is really learning how to trust ourselves more and more and how to bring our actions into alignment with what we feel and we know inside so that it no longer feels like there's this separation and it no longer feels like I'm doing something because I'm thinking it or I'm doing something because I feel like I should and actually what I'm doing is listening to my truth and trusting my intuition and doing things that way yes so good and I, I love that you brought up self-trust because I think that's where the biggest disconnect is, is making a decision and then having our own back with that decision and trusting ourselves. So what if someone struggles with self-trust and they second guess everything that they do and they're looking at other people and like comparing themselves or trying to do what they're doing, how do you build self-trust? Mm, micro movements. So it's like with anything, like I've really learned the power of the compound effect. Mm -hmm. So rather than trying to go from A to B with one big jump, think about it like a consistent practice of small positive decisions in the right direction towards your goal that compound over time so that you'll look back and realize just how far you've come. So I think it's like when it comes to trusting yourself, it's a practice. And it's a muscle that you exercise and it's like, okay, how might I be able to um, exercise this and play with it right now? Like, I'm going to ask myself three times, do I want to go to this restaurant or this restaurant? And I'm going to listen to what I really feel and what I really want. And I'm going to take action on that. And then I'm going to celebrate the small win. Actually, I chose to go to eat where I wanted to eat, not where everybody else wanted to eat. And then over time, and as you practice it more and more on little things or big things, you start to like have evidence 
for why you can trust yourself. So it doesn't have to happen in an instant, but you get to take the small steps that will build up and will will give you the result. Mm. I think that's like such a powerful point. It's like the micro steps. Like if you can make a small commitment and follow through, it does compound over time. And it's kind of like this little vote for the type of person that you want to be. So if someone has, you know, very little self-trust, that's the first step. And then continuing to do that is to... Mm take those steps and then um, have the evidence that like it is possible to listen to what you truly want and move towards that direction. So when you are working with someone, you, you kind of mentioned like the pillars of positivity psychology walk, or maybe it's something that you created within your program, but walk me through what those pillars are. Yeah. So one of the key theories in post psych is called the PERMA criteria. And it's this concept that looks at what it is and what we need in our lives in order to be psychologically flourishing. So the PERMA criteria stands for P, for positive emotions. So they're the top tail end of emotions that like joy, love, enthusiasm, gratitude, that are very opening for us. So they switch on your brain ready for the intake of information. They help you be more solution focused. They feel good and they help you boost your well-being and your resilience. The E in the PERMA is for engagement. So that's where your character strengths come in. So that's where you're looking at what are the things that you're doing in your life that feel exciting for you. They feel challenging enough to keep you interested so you're not bored. And you can start to have these experiences where time might pass unnoticed. So that's engagement. The R is for positive relationships. So how can you be in relationships and communications that are supportive for you and you also support others within and where you can feel like you belong? So belonging and feeling like you're in community or you have spaces that you're part of is a huge part of our well-being. And I think with all the changes that have gone on in the world and being on lockdowns and things like that, that isolating effect really became apparent for people where they were like, whoa, like I really need to be social and I really need to be in community for me to flourish and thrive. The M in PERMA is for meaning. So that's why do you do what you do? What is it that's motivating and energizing for you? And what is your purpose? A is for accomplishment. So that is the sense of satisfaction that comes from making progress. And then the H is for health. So when you have these elements, and it's just a really simple framework to look at, because you can see, okay, right, Nick told me those six things that Martin Seligman created. And when she said positive relationships, that really made me think, because I think that that's the one that I need to work on. Or it might be health is the one. It just gives you those clear kind of, checkpoints so that you can create a snapshot of where you're at right now and start to look forward to where you want to be yeah and it's it makes so much sense like those how those areas are all connected and then when you hear that you're like oh that's the area that I want to focus on yeah I love, I mean, just like hearing about, you know, how this all works and like, it's interesting because in my own life, this is just kind of like unfolded. I don't want to say naturally, but I think I've just kind of been curious about it and I've seen it unfold and like I've created based off of that. 
So it's exciting to hear the like science behind it and how it actually uh, like works. Like if more than just like, oh, it just, I do this thing and it makes me feel better. Like there is so much more to it than that. So it's very, for me, like very validating. Like I'm listening to you and I'm just like, yes, yes. <laughs> hey, I know I'm not crazy. Like this is all making so much sense. And it's so, so, so powerful. It's so powerful. So what would you say you, I mean, obviously the positivity psychology, like it shows based off of like what you have created um, in your life and the value that you've provided to the world of like what you're doing, obviously the positivity psychology has helped you get to that place, right? Like you're living and breathing and it is, it's a, it's a lifestyle. It's just an embodiment. What else would you say other than that has accredited your success and like where you're at in life now? I think even looking back to when I was like a lot younger, I did really well by borrowing belief from other people because there was no particular reason why I should be successful. But other people started to tell me that I would be. So I had some really cool mentors, like my ex-boyfriend's dad and my friend's mum, who they weren't like business mentors. They were my friend's parents, but they said things to me and they were entrepreneurs and they were like, Nick, you're brilliant. So I literally listened to that one person saying that one thing. I was like, okay, I believe you. I can do this. <laughs> yes. so I really like channeled that energy of belief from other people where they've been like, oh, she's got a little something like, and I'm like, yeah, I've got a little something. I'm going to make the little something grow. <laughs> so I think, feel like I've done really well with that. And then I really do adopt a growth mindset. So anything that happens, I'm always looking for the learning and I'm looking for that gold within the experience. So I've had some really crazy life experiences. Like I was bullied really badly when I was a kid and tried to take my own life age 11 I was raped in 2012 and I lost three of my best friends to suicide. So if you write those things out on a list and then throw in all of the business hurdles and all of the other things that happen in life, it looks like it's been a really hard life. But then if you write on the other side of the paper, here's all of the good things that have happened. It's like, whoa, there's actually a lot of polarization that's gone on here. But both of those sides of the coin have given me so much. And I think taking the approach that all of these, it's like, what's the, the old cliche? Like what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And it's so true because we yeah. see through positive psychology that there's post-traumatic growth that happens to a percentage of people when they experience adversity that allows them not just to bounce back, but allows them to grow as well. So I feel like that's been my experience and it's not necessarily that I've had it easy. I've actually had it quite hard and I've made the, the lemonade out of the lemons. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think that it goes back to that, like life isn't what happens, you know, life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. Right. You know, that, that mindset, the growth mindset is everything. Like, you know, even when you're going through a hard experience to be able to be like, I don't know what the lesson is right now, but I know I will eventually find it. And like that kind of mentality and mindset, I think helps 
so much. I mean, I've had that in my own life of just like what, like I might not be able to learn right now, but like, I will be open to the lesson. Like I won't mm-hmm. resist this experience. Um, so, so powerful. So tell me a little bit about your book. So the book, my little baby, <laughs> that's my baby. <laughs> so now is your chance is a 30 day guide to living your happiest life. And it really, I mean, someone called it the Bible, but, but for happiness. And I feel like it's such a good tool book to work through these bite size exercises and interventions so that you can start to feel better more of the time. And it feels like it's been such an amazing thing to get out into the world because people message me and they're like, Nick, I, I was, I've been really struggling. I've been really struggling and I didn't want to be here. And I read your book and I've decided to continue. And thank you because it literally saved my life. And then when I see kids who are doing their gratitude practice and like their parents sent me these little cute videos on like Instagram. And it's like, here's what I'm grateful for today. That for me is just so fulfilling. And I feel like I've got so many online courses and masterminds and certifications, but not everybody knows what those things are. Not everyone knows what an online course is. Not everyone wants to do one, but everyone knows what a book is. It's like a familiar tool, isn't it? So it feels like it's a really powerful way to get the science into the homes and the hands of the people that really need it. I love that. Um, it's, I, that's so exciting. Congratulations on birthing your, your book. (laughs) So awesome. And I know that feeling so well, because I, I've, I practice gratitude and I've always shared that in my messaging and I was teaching spin for a really long time. And I would always talk about gratitude and I'd be, I became friends with one of my students. Now we're just like really good friends and she'll send me pictures of what her kids um, gratitude practices are. And I know that feeling, it just is like the best feeling to see that trickle effect because like I wish I had gratitude when I was younger, like where, like, I wish I had a gratitude practice when I was younger. So it's so like have that impact and like see, you know, that in children's life too. So that is so awesome. Um, and you mentioned that there's a link to get the book. Yes. So you can get the book for free. Just pay the ship and it's at nowisyourchancebook.com. And I can give you the link to share. Oh, I'll put that in the show notes for sure. And that's amazing. So you spent all this time creating a book, which I'm sure was no easy, no easy feat, like doing courses and stuff's fun because you're talking to the camera and you're recording it, but sitting down and writing a book. And that's amazing that you are giving that away for free, like so much value in that. It just feels like such a like thing that I'm passionate about and thing that's so impactful. So when I first um, launched it, I had a partnership with United Nations Women and I was an ambassador for one of their campaigns. So we donated all of the first year's proceeds of the book to United Nations Women. And it just feels like there's so much positive energy that comes from this little book yeah. uh, the goal really is just to get it out to as many people as possible because I know how much it can help absolutely and it just again goes back to that ripple effect so sure uh, I will definitely put that in the show notes um, is there anything else like anywhere else people can find you if they want to learn more about what you do um, any questions that they might have 
yeah, my favorite place to hang out is on Instagram. So I'm a big voice noter. You get to hear my dodgy Geordie accent. <laughs> when I was listening to your podcast. I was like, I could just listen to her all day. <laughs> I love it. I love like American accents. And everyone's like, oh my God, you've got an English accent. <laughs> yeah, Instagram. And then I, on my podcast, I interviewed um, the guy, Gay Hendricks, who wrote The Big Leap. And I just think that's such a good episode of the show about self-sabotage. So that might also be a place that people want yeah. to go check that one out. Yeah, definitely. I will link that in the show notes as well. Fabulous. Uh, okay. So my last question for you, and this is also kind of a big question, but like, what does it mean to you to live a purpose driven life? For me, that really is why I get out of bed in the morning. And I feel like like my mission is really to help people find their strength when they don't see it for themselves and help people understand that they can live with joy, personal power and unstoppable success, no matter what their circumstances look like right now. And when I think about living a purpose and mission driven life, that's where my energy pours from. Because even if I'm tired or even if I'm self-sabotaging, like for me, it used to come through with like, oh, I don't want to go and create all of these videos. Like I'm not going to do it. And when I reminded myself of what the purpose and the bigger mission and impact opportunity is, it meant I could do anything. So when you connect in with that truth, it energizes you and it really gives you that power and knowing that you are unstoppable because you've got that bigger, broader mission and purpose that's fueling you along the way. I love that answer. And it's so true. Like whenever we are like not wanting to do something that's like the ego speaking. And when you think bigger than yourself, it like totally changes the energy within yeah. we those little reminders. Cause it does happen. It's like, no matter, you don't ever get to a level where it goes away. You just, I feel like we learn to adapt to it better. Like we learn how to work with it instead of like push against it. Totally. Yeah. Well, thank you, Nick, so much. This was so, so wonderful. I enjoyed talking to you and learning from you so much. I will make sure that I put all that information in the show notes so people can access your book for free, which is incredible. I can't wait to get my hands on it. Uh, Thank you again for your time. You are welcome. Thank you. It's my joy. Well, well, wow, wow, wow. That was probably one of my favorite interviews. I felt so connected to everything that Nick was sharing, and she is such an expander for me. Um, Very similar in beliefs and how we show up for our life, and just listening to her inspired me on so many levels. It was so cool to dive into the positivity psychology and learn from someone who has been studying it for so long and then has created her own programs around it. And then really tapping into what makes us unstoppable and taking these practices and just instead of learning about them, having it become a part of our lifestyle. Mm, So, so good. So make sure that you snag that book because that is going to be so powerful. I'm going to make sure I get my own copy too. I can't wait to dive into that book. Uh, everything is in the show notes. So if you just want to uh, sign up for the book, all you have to do is pay for shipping. And that is so dope and so generous. And there's just so much value in doing that alone. 
amazing. Fully expanded. Thanks to Nick. That was incredible. Uh, if you are interested in signing up for the Mind Over Matter program, enrollment is officially open. And I would love, love, love nothing more than to work with you. If you have been tuning into the show and you've been curious about how this program can work in your own life, make sure that you sign up for a discovery call, connection call. I'd love to hear about where you're at and the direction that you want to go. There is a couple spots that will be available and maybe one of those spots has your name on it. So make sure that you sign up for a complimentary discovery call just to give you the space to talk through where you're at and where you want to go. All right, my friend, thank you so much for your time and listening to this episode. As always, if you got something from it, I would love to know your biggest takeaway, post about it, share about it. I just want to hear all of the things. I hope that you have a beautiful rest of your day and a great rest of your week. And remember to love yourself, own your happiness, and let your light shine because you're so freaking worthy of it, my friend. Until next time.